Hey, Courtney. Hey, Sasha. Sometimes I feel like my brain is like the Bermuda Triangle. Really? Why is that? Stuff goes in, but it never comes back out. Oh. Yeah. You should get a day planner. My boyfriend just bought me a calendar. It's Spoop Hour! Two real spoop hour. <laughs> right? That wasn't really much of a funny it's joke not, as it was just an observation. It's not hilarious. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. So, Courtney, I have something to tell you. What do you have to tell me? Happy six-month anniversary. Oh, my God. Did you get me anything? My continued participation in this broadcast. That's all I ever <laughs> wanted. What's the six-month anniversary celebration? I don't know, but I'm very excited that we've made it we through did. six months consecutively. We have. It's Our amazing. official six-month anniversary is yesterday when you listen to this. Or tomorrow when we're recording it. Yep, so March 5th, six months of Spoop Hour. Yeah. So we're plowing through. We've done half a year, these motherfuckers. Oh Yay! Yay! And my cat is attacking the string from the hoodie that I was wearing outside <laughs> earlier. Um, because yeah. today our apartment has been a spooky nightmare, probably because it's our six month anniversary. Yeah, the apartment's just like, hell yeah, let's get this shit cranked up. Let's turn up the spoop, motherfucker. To 11. And it turned it up to like 14. Yeah, maybe 14. And that maybe was 13. too much. Maybe, ooh. Ooh, spookier. Yeah. yeah. Or 14 if it's in a building where they don't have a 13th floor. Oh, right. That's why I said 14. 14. Oh, oh my God. Six months in and we're still terrible. It's spoop hour. So as always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, all of those are spoop hour. So at us if you have spooky stories. Or email us if you have a long story. We love long stories. We love long stories. If you have a funny story about your cat being creepy, email us that. Your dog being weird. Totally. Yesterday, anything. our favorite Adam Ellis, or not yesterday, but like Courtney sent me Adam yeah. Ellis's comic, the one where it's like cats doing cute cat things, like playing with string and taking a nap, chirping and at bugs, looking at the, or conversing with the dark ghost the sh- figure in you know, downstairs in the middle of the night or yeah. whatever. And the I was shadow like, shadow creature yeah. that lives in your kitchen. And it's like, yeah, that seems yeah. about right. That so. seems about right, for, especially for Adam Ellis. Yeah, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> He's doing great. So if you have a story like that, hit us up. Yeah. Oh, you know what else is spooky? Everything. It's March. Oh, just, yeah. Like, all of a sudden. Just, oh, it's, it's yeah, March. it was. Yeah. I was at brunch yesterday <laughs> and commented to my boyfriend that we should travel to a certain place in March. And he goes, it is March. And I spat biscuit crumbs all over him as I screamed out, oh, shit. Yeah, because it's March. <laughs> I lost track of February. And now it's gone forever. Standardized testing season begins tomorrow no. from my school. Which is the spookiest thing of all. I, Yes. I'm not going to talk about it. No. I'm not no. It's fine. But standardized testing season. That's just a fact. It's very spooky. Yeah. Spoopardized testing season. So we have some shout outs. As always, go check out BSP, the Idiot Synchronicity Files, Best Forever's Pod, yes. Popcorn Prattle, Popcorn. 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 Popcorn, popcorn Bento. Bento. Whatever. 
Just, I mean, like, have the crossover that you guys Jack were Russell to. really likes popcorn. Like, that's his favorite snack. Oh. So he could have Popcorn Bento as his other podcast. Where that's his crossover with Popcorn Prattle. You're right. welcome for the incredible podcast idea. You guys should talk. You should. And also, we get a cut of whatever you have. Speaking of crossovers, we are actually going to be doing at least one. We are currently in negotiation with Popcorn Prattle to balance out the lady voices and talk about movies and hopefully they don't make us watch anything super scary because then we will pee our pants and Um, embarrass everyone i mean (laughs) sasha wants to pee her pants. i want to pee my pants in public she's a that actually almost happened to me today oh i was out and about in the harrisonburg area so back in jmu town yeah um at the green valley book fair getting some cheap books not probably haunted uh yeah i bought hamlet (laughs) in particular and an audiobook version of the twin peaks thing as a gift for a friend nice it's Um, the sort of thing where it's like why are these books so cheap because they're haunted and every house that holds them murders yeah i paid 46 dollars for 155 dollars of books 46 dollars for the privilege of getting murdered exactly yeah but i almost peed my pants because (laughs) it was a two hour like two and a half hour drive down there and i had a venti starbucks drink you fool i know but it was really good they have this like cinnamon caramel macchiato with almond milk now it's like a special edition thing but i think i'm just gonna keep ordering that yeah but yeah i was we were driving through jmu ish area today and yeah they're doing so much construction it's like the spoop factor of this college that's you know like 108 years old or whatever now it's like 112 years old maybe no it's centennial was in 2008 110 yeah Yeah. 110 years old yeah but it's like the spoop factor has gone down. Yeah, like a crazy because m- everything's bunch. new. Because everything's new, and, and nobody's committing like heinous murders. Right. I mean, the the worst rescue. ghosts that we could possibly have are just like people getting hit by cars. That does happen. That does fairly happen often. at JMU. Yeah. Yeah. There was the rumor that I think is actually true that if you got hit by one of the buses that yeah. the school runs, they pay your tuition. Yeah. So. I mean, if you live. I mean, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you gotta like weigh your priorities but also tempting yeah spooky yeah Yeah. and yeah so sasha was at jmu today Mm -hmm. i was dealing with our haunted ass apartment so i missed this and i'm really upset i don't think you are Uh... (laughs) it's pretty terrible so i woke up this morning and fun fact about me i wear retainers to clean my retainers it is a mixture of vinegar and warm water from the tap so i was running my tap to get warm water and it was ice cold yeah. Like, not even, like, you turned it on cold accidentally, like, ice cold tap and water. I'm glad that I, you figured this out after I had, like, been long gone this morning. Because yeah. this morning I was debating with myself, like, <laughs> should I take a shower before this trip or should I postpone my shower till tonight? Because I don't want to have to shower, like, twice in the same day or have to, like, postpone my Monday shower. Like, I just, like, was having this weird thing. So I think all I did today was, like, go to the bathroom yeah. and wash my hands. Which... And I didn't notice the water was, was cold, ice cold. Because, yeah. yeah, if you're only under it for a little bit, you're just like, oh, it just didn't warm up rinse, all the yeah, way. Yeah, I'm just gonna rinse my hands off. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, that's odd. Maybe it's just my sink, because my sink always takes a while to heat up. Anyway, come downstairs, run the kitchen sink, cold. Our other roommate goes upstairs, runs her bathtub, cold. And that was when I logged in and saw our entire apartment complex had a hot water outage. So that was step one of ghosts taking over was they just knocked out our hot water. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm not going to shower. So other roommate and I were sitting down here. We were like, you know what? Let's watch some Project Runway on Hulu. Yeah. And I think, can we preface this with what's been going on in our area since Friday? Yeah. So starting Friday, Northern Virginia, Maryland, and like if you keep going up 
it's just north. It's been like this worse. nor'easter, and we got all of the wind. More like a nope easter. Yeah, and so I didn't have none of us had work on Friday because no. everything was like shut down because wind was so bad. It got up to like what seventy one miles an hour at Dulles Airport. And we yeah. Were like, Oh, that's really bad. So there were massive power outages. Luckily, our power flickered, but mostly stayed okay. Yeah, it just sounded like ghosts flying around outside. Yeah, it was mostly. just that really spooky, like, <laughs> spooky noise. Yeah. So, but otherwise, like, we held on to power, unlike a lot of places around us. We didn't lose it. There was mm-hmm. no major damage to any of our things or yeah. us. We were all fine. It was just windy. And then the further up you go, the more snow and grossness you got. Right. But, so we've been good. Yeah, we had power. We had everything. We were all good. And then today we had the hot water outage. So other roommate and I are watching Project Runway. They're just about to announce the three designers going to Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week in New York. I don't know why they can't just call it New York Fashion Week. Because Mercedes-Benz was like, we paid you to sponsor this. You're going to say Mercedes-Benz at least 15 times an episode. (laughs) So we're waiting. We're on the edges of our seats. And then all of a sudden the TV just clicks off. And... And as she says this, the computer screen also, also went, went dark. dark. And I was like, not again! <laughs> and then we were like, did the power just go off? It did. And we were without power for a good hour and a half. So fun fact about our house, when we lose power, the fire alarms make very upsetting noises. Usually it's just a beep every, like, 45 seconds. So it'll just be high-pitched beep, silence, 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 high-pitched beep, just enough that you can't get used to it. It started out doing that today, but then it made... A different noise. I'm glad I was out of the house for this. We were both just like, well, this is how we die. <laughs> we had a good run. We've known each other a long time. This is the only way this could end. So I'm going to play for you exactly what it sounded like in our house because I took a video. That's really upsetting. Yes, it was really upsetting. I would just leave. I mean, I was unshowered and still in my pajamas. Other roommate was like, uh, and... Also, because we didn't have power, we didn't want to use our electric things to play music, but that ultimately we ended up doing because it was driving us crazy. So that was the scary noise our house was making until the power came back on. You also mentioned something about our microwave screaming? Yeah, our microwave and our bathroom fans were also all just like, So it's been a really fun day here. So, ghosts. Pretty much just ghosts. Our dryer also stopped working. Like, it would work for 10 minutes and then it would kick off. So, Just a great day ghosts. to live here. Just yeah. fantastic. The ghosts heard you guys had power, and they got a little mm-hmm. too excited and knocked out our power yeah. to the entire complex. And they were like, you're having your six-month spoopiversary. You're going to want some spoop to talk about. No. Uh, not really. But here we are. I will say, the spookiest thing about the power outage, like, again, like, our... Our apartment complex, and it seems like this area right around here, Mm -hmm. we had power. I know that closer to my school, there were downed trees on power lines, and so it did knock out the power there. Um, My mom's, my mom works near the school as well, and um, there was a trampoline in the library (laughs) parking lot. You know, one of those trampoline incidents. um, They also didn't have power all day Friday, but by Friday evening, like, Jack and I went out to have dinner, and Mm -hmm. we went to, like, a shopping center that had power all day. And so I didn't really, like, encounter anything scary until last night when we were driving through, like, the Tyson's Corner area mm-hmm. where, like, part of, was it Route 7? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Had power, but then there was a whole other part of Route 7 that didn't. And, yeah, 
it gets dark. When you don't have security lights anymore, you yeah. don't realize, like, how dark it gets when there's an entire grid that doesn't oh, have power. No light, yeah. Because we're so used to, like, even right now, like, looking out the window, we've got street lamps, yeah. you know? And, you know, other apartments have their lights on. Yeah. But it's just, like, it never gets 100% dark. Yeah. And then when the entire grid is knocked out, you're like, oh, shit. It's dark. They're, like, none of the shot, like, none of the stoplights were working in that area, and it was yeah. just, like, like... I don't know. It was it was quite quite mad. I was very scared. So that's actually the scariest thing is not <laughs> having electricity. Yeah. Living in a society that's like so, so reliant it. on electricity. Yeah. That's spooky. That kind of brings me to I wanted to close out a couple of my Australia stories yes. because I realized I forgot a few important details when recounting the spook that I experienced there. Namely, so the story of the guy who was a dick to Matron who got sick to his stomach. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that in between him, like, puking his guts out, Matron was whispering his name in his ear. Mm. So I believe I called him Chad because it's a douchebag name. Was Matron was just leaning into his ear going, Chad, Chad, Chad. Ugh. And he was freaking out because he was like, who here knows me? Who's saying my name? And they were That's all like, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know you, mate. Uh, Good day. None of us is saying your name. Sorry. Sorry. She'd be right. So, and then there was also a nervous incident. Yay! Yay! So when we were in the room where they used to use the zinc sulfate gas treatment on soldiers who had the Spanish flu, that was one of the rooms where we were left in the complete dark to acclimate Mm -hmm. our senses. So when our lady came back and jump scared us, (laughs) she asked us, did you see anything? Did you hear anything? Did you smell anything? Did you feel anything? Use your senses. Describe. And one person... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> said what we were all thinking I kind of smelled something almost like sulfur kind of eggy and Chrissy and I turned to each other and I was like I just assume someone nervous farted <laughs> and another guy goes I just assume that was one of us <laughs> and she was like well maybe because you know there's sulfur in zinc sulfate maybe that's why it was a sulfur rotten eggy smell but we were all pretty sure that somebody just got a little too spooped and Little, little baby farted. And, and, and spooped their pants. Spooped their pants. Just a little baby Just bit. a little bit. Just a little... Whoop. A little ghost fart. Just a little baby one. Just a little so, baby ghost fart. Those are the two tail end details that I wanted to close out Australia with. Before we get started today, Sasha, do we have a snack? We have a snack! Yay! And it's not from Starbucks. No, because they refuse to pay us in cake pops, so we'll go back to them when we go back to them. Yeah. But again, I also had Starbucks this morning. I did too. It's yeah. fine. Because also- I was like, everything is cold. I just want something nice. Right. So. I had, yeah, that was a really nice, it was this iced cinnamon almond milk macchiato. Which ties in nicely. We are drinking cinnamon cider, which yeah. is really good. And it's like drinking an apple pie, which is appropriate because we have homemade Pop-Tarts today. Yes. But not homemade by us. Homemade no. by Ted's, Ted's Bulletin, Bulletin. Which is a local chain. Yeah. They um, make really good One Pop-Tarts. is apple pie and the other one is... Brown sugar cinnamon. Brown sugar cinnamon. We don't know which is which. Don't remember which is which, but we will figure it out. Can you tell us where we got this cider? And what the name of the cider is? The name of the cider is Sinful, which is C-I-N-N-ful. And we got it because my boyfriend, who hates puns, went to a cidery and meadery with his parents. And this cider was so good that he overlooked the pun that he deeply hates because he was like, this tastes like apple pie. I'm going to get you a growler of it. So, And I love it because it tastes like apple pie and it's a pun and yeah. it's alcohol. And I, I don't drink a lot of alcohol. I will gladly drink this entire growler. Yeah, this is really this good. This is some good this is, shit. This is a quality growler. And today we are not going to be talking about growlers. Why? 
Because we're going to the tropics. Oh. In fact, we're going to triangulate our position and, oh no, are we in the Bermuda Triangle? I forgot because I put things in my brain, <laughs> which is like the Bermuda Triangle. Too real. They never come out. As our too real joke implies, we are visiting the Bermuda Triangle today and or talking- the Bermuda. The Bermuda triangle, triangle. The fastest ever title we've come up with. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about- some of the spooky things that have happened in and around the Bermuda Triangle, because there's a lot of them. And then we're going to dissect some of the crazy town banana pants theories as to why the Bermuda Triangle is so triangular and Bermuda-y. Hmm. Bermudan? Bermudan? Bermudan. Bermudan. There we go. Bermudan. So, to kick things off, I have a featured creature, Hmm. which... Since it's been a while since we've done one of these, to refresh your memory, I'm going to read a statement that I wrote from the perspective of the creature that I'm going to be, and Sasha is going to try to guess it. Woohoo! This is a creature that I had not heard of prior to this, but it has a fairly obvious name. Okay. So hopefully you get it. And I probably won't because my track record for this is not very good. (laughs) You're at like 70%, Uh, which is passing. That's passing. It's a C. Yeah. And C's get degrees. Yeah. Actually, D's also get degrees. Degree starts with D, so. I know. Whatever. So, let's begin. This one looks like brown sugar. This one looks like an apple pie. All right, so we figured it out. <laughs> Sasha is a genius. <laughs> I might ask you for a bite of your apple pie one. Okay, that's fine. I might just break it off. You're welcome to some of the brown, brown sugar. sugar okay. Twinsies, happy six-month anniversary. We're splitting hey. a Pop-Tart. Oh. Oh. Splish splosh monster in the sea. I am a scary beastie that calls the Bermuda Triangle my home. Hmm. I am colossal, reportedly the length of four Eiffel Towers, which, if you don't feel like doing math, is about 3,044 feet long. Wow. I am the largest cryptid ever Mm. postulated. That was really good. (laughs) I know, I wrote this really well. I know you mean your (laughs) Pop-Tart. I just need a win. It's been a long day. But also, I'm very excited about this animal. Yeah. So another website dedicated to cryptids guesses that I'm actually 10,000 feet long, weigh 800 tons, and my personal favorite detail, that my only weapon is my mouth. But the crazy thing is, I've never actually been spotted. My existence, much like that of the bloop, is mostly guesswork based on minimal evidence. In fact, unlike the bloop, there isn't any scientific evidence that I might exist at all. Mostly, I am a guess as to why the Bermuda Triangle loses so many ships and planes. It's because of me. I'm said to leap out of the water and snap planes out of the sky. Reports differ on what I do with them after I get them. I might eat them or I might just enjoy crashing them like a giant cat that lives in the ocean. I was just thinking about, like, you know, babies sitting in the tub playing with, like, their little toys and, like, being like, splash, 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 and, like, just... That might be me. I might okay. just be like, ooh, a ship, splash, and get so too excited. you're just a giant baby in the I ocean. I might just be a giant baby in the cool. ocean. We don't know, because I'm completely made up. <laughs> Some people even speculate that I'm a holdout from the age of the dinosaur. Yeah. And that I am what wiped out the megalodon shark. Okay. Because that's how big I am. I feasted on megalodon sharks. You're not a kraken, are you? I am not. Okay. But good guess. I like where your head's at. My name is even dumber and more obvious. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> because I have never been seen, it's anyone's guess as to what I look like. Some illustrate me as a really big sea serpent. Uh-huh. Others have me looking more like an evil slug monster that shoots out lightning type stuff. So I'm hmm. the cryptid explanation for what's going on in the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. Other guesses that we'll get into later are less to do with me and more to do with general spoopery. Yeah. Do you need more clues? So you don't have tentacles? I mean, I might. You might. We genuinely don't know. Okay. 
So, the first word of my name is where I live. Bermuda. Yep. And the second word is also the name of a fluffy blue X-Men character. Beast. So put those two together. Bermuda Beast. Yeah, but, that's what but I am. what are you? I'm the Bermuda Beast. I mean, but <laughs> it's like even less descriptive than the bloop. I know. So that's what he looks like, baby. That's he... an artist's depiction. And then there's this, you want to see the slug guy? Because the slug Please, guy is I want to see the slug guy. So there's the slug guy who shoots lightning bolts. Oh, good. <laughs> so you Great. have like sea serpent dude uh-huh. and then like sluggy monster. He's just called the Bermuda Beast. He's just called the Bermuda Beast. And again, it's because it's purely theoretical. It's basically just like, what if it was a giant monster that was causing everybody to die in the Bermuda Triangle? And they were like, tell me more. And he was like, I don't know. That's pretty much all I got. Just, you know, big beast in the Bermuda Triangle. Bermuda Triangle Beast, and they were like, cut the triangle and we're in. Sold. Sunny boy, sold. I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) Even more so than usual cryptids, this one is super made up. That is so stupid, and I I love cryptids. I know. I saw that, and I was like, I could keep looking for a different (laughs) ocean-themed cryptid, but but this one's so perfect because we're talking about the Bermuda Triangle, but it's so dumb. So dumb. Yeah, because it's Bermuda Beast. And again, it's just, as you will hear in a little bit there are a lot of crackpot theories as to why the bermuda triangle does what it does yeah but again that one was just well maybe there's just like a giant monster but there's no sonar about it there's no recorded anything nobody's ever seen a giant monster that around the bermuda triangle and been like that's the thing yeah it was just it's purely hypothetical huh so i guess Let's talk first about the Bermuda Triangle. I'm going to share some stories. Yay! In case you're like, what is the Bermuda Triangle? Yeah, or in case, like, you're like, I just assumed it's just some place where people say that planes and boats (laughs) disappear. But I've got ten specific incidents. And then Courtney is going to go and unpack some of the why. Other than the Bermuda Beast. Um, I will say earlier, while we were watching Project Runway, I was talking to our other roommate about our topic today. And she and I agreed that the first time we heard of the Bermuda Triangle was from various cartoons as children. Right. And she, like me, like, the reason why I wasn't afraid of it as a little kid was because I just assumed that Bermuda and the Bermuda Triangle were made up places. And they're not. They're not. I didn't (laughs) know that. It's weird. No, but it's it's one of those things I, like, I don't know. I I was worried about disappearing there, but I also knew it was a vacation destination. I was like, well, people wouldn't go there if they they didn't come back. Yeah. Yeah. And then I know that there's some, like... Like, Amelia Earhart disappeared in the Pacific. Yeah, but and some, some people, people are like, maybe she accidentally ended up in the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle. Triangle. And that's where I think I heard about it first. Yeah. And then there was something else. Oh, I, it's one of those things, like, I didn't worry about it too much because I figured just, like, quicksand, I'm probably just never going to go on vacation there. I was more worried about quicksand than I was about the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle. Because, again, quicksand I knew was real. Yeah. And, like, at the time that I was watching the majority of my cartoons, right. I was living in a desert climate. Right. In California. Oh, right. So, like, so, like, sand was a legit threat. I hate sand. <laughs> I hate sand. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. It's not soft like your skin. Happy ah, six months, baby. You're touching <laughs> me. Help. It's the six-month no. anniversary. It's time. It's okay. The other day I told you I want to wear your skin. You did. She got really badly sunburned. I got pretty badly sunburned. Down under. Fun fact about Australia, it has a very high UV mm-hmm. index. So, sunburns you get there suck. Anyway... I was never worried about the Bermuda Triangle because I didn't realize it was a real place. Mm-hmm. But ten, sp- at least ten spooky things have really happened there. So, yeah. Sasha, tell me about them All right. while I eat part of your Pop-Tart. Oh, please. Yeah. Nom, um, nom, nom. So, the first one, Thomas Lynch Jr. is what it's called. Okay. The first recorded instance of strange happenings in the Bermuda Triangle area was when Thomas Lynch Jr. and his wife disappeared while sailing to the West Indies in 1779. 
Lynch was a representative of South Carolina and one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Hmm. So. He declared his independence from this life shortly thereafter. Right? <laughs> you looked like you were enjoying that apple pie pop mm-hmm. tart, right? Isn't oh, it good? It is. That's Are like you going to the- ruin it? Huh? Are you going to ruin it somehow? Oh, no, the way you were saying it was like you were setting up oh. for Thomas Lynch and his wife choked on apple pie in the movie. No, oh, God, no, it was more like I'm thinking the next time I go to Ted's Bulletin, yeah, the that only thing I'm ordering one. is this apple There's pie. endless apple pie, pie Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts. That was the one I was going to get had you not picked it, yeah. but I was like, I don't want to get the same one so that we can swap bites. They also do, and this is, this is we should just be sponsored by Ted's Bulletin. Mm-hmm. They do milkshakes, like really good milkshakes, and they do adult milkshakes. They do. And they come in fancy glasses. We were there a little bit too early for me to allow myself the adult milkshake and I hit him by it's never too hard. early for an adult milkshake it was like 11 but I got on a, a Saturday <laughs> that is brunch time that's when everyone should be pumping mimosas directly into their veins and I don't even drink that much <laughs> but I could go for a nice mimosa I ended up having the peanut butter chocolate banana regular milkshake which is oh. very good anyway so anyway. tell me about the lynches that, yeah, they just disappeared. So oh. that's just the little... Okay. Like, these are all little, like, like little bites, little tastes. Little tastes of the, of the boobie boobie. Boobie. Yeah. The other one is the USS Cyclops. So far, it is the biggest loss of Navy personnel that's not related to combat. Yikes. The USS Cyclops and the 309 people on it disappeared without a trace sometime around March 4th, <gasps> today, in 1918, oh 100 God, years ago. That's too That's too month anniversary it's their hundred year anniversary of being missing i know i literally cannot yeah so it was this (laughs) huge steel hulled fuel ship tanked with carrying uh, tasked with carrying coal and other useful supplies for the u.s navy Mm -hmm. um this is pre-world war Mm one and on her final journey before she disappeared the cyclops set sail from rio de janeiro in in brazil oh that rio that rio (laughs) yeah that that rio with a full load of 10,800 tons of manganese ore and over again 300 people on board Hmm. so march 4th 1918 100 years ago today spooky spooky also did they ever think that maybe naming the ship the cyclops was a bad omen because that's a real spooky ass name. I mean, maybe it's like to scare off sea creatures. I'm this big sky- yeah, cyclops. Yeah, but even he meets a bad ending in the Odyssey because he gets he his does, eyeball yeah, poked out. That's true. So like, I mean, even in terms of being intimidating, he's easily outsmarted. So right. it's not like you'd be better off naming your ship the Bermuda Beast. Right? Maybe. <laughs> so the on March fourth, nineteen eighteen, the ship was spotted for the last time as it left Barbados and sa- sailed what into what we now call the Bermuda Triangle. Spooky. The ship seemingly disappeared without a trace, and the case has been seen as especially mysterious since no distress call was made and no bad weather was reported in the region. That always upsets me when there's no distress call. Right. Like when the plane disappeared. Oh, right, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I came across that a little bit. Some people are like, even though it was on the other side of the world, they think maybe they just got really off course and ended up in the Bermuda Triangle. Or that the Bermuda Triangle is constantly moving. Yeah. Because... And so let me, let me finish the story okay. and I'll tell you about the thing that just popped in my head. So <laughs> theories began to surface and some were more imaginative than others. And I think you've got some crackpot theories. Bermuda um, beast. That the ship had been maybe sunk by the Germans oh, or attacked assholes. by a giant squid or octopus. So maybe the Bermuda, Bermuda beast. <laughs> or maybe a victim of a violent mutiny. The huge search for But then a... why would the entire ship disappear? Right, exactly. Like, they where did it kill go? all 309 people. Right. And like they would have landed somewhere. Yeah. 
Right? So a huge search for the Cyclops was launched with a number of boats and planes scouring the area for debris or survivors, but nothing of the enormous ship was ever seen again. Hmm. So when I just mentioned, like, oh, maybe the Bermuda Triangle just, like, moves around. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the children's educational computer game series <laughs> called Clue Finders? I think so. Yes. I may have talked about this on the, the childhood Child things, things that, that scare us. Scare us. <laughs> um, because Clue Finders, it's great. You can actually find Let's Plays of these on YouTube. Oh, nice. Like There are people who just, like, uploaded the games sure. to YouTube. Um, but there is, I think it's the fifth grade one. Because fourth grade one, they go to Egypt. The fifth grade one, they go sailing in the tropics. Mm -hmm. And I think... Like, the one girl and her uncle, girl and, like, three of her friends and her uncle mm -hmm. go sailing to the Bermuda Triangle. They're looking for the Bermuda Triangle because they're the clue finders and mm -hmm. they're going to go find some clues. Um, <laughs> but they end up getting hit with, like, a tsunami. Okay. And they all get separated okay. and washed up. Their boat crashes on a beach. Two of them are on one side of the island. The other two kids and are on the other. And I think the, the uncle stays with the, the boat. Yeah. And as they investigate what's going on, they start finding people and shipwrecks from, like, hundreds of years past. Like, they found, like, a Yee. colonial American, but they're, like, still alive. Yikes. And so they find these, like, colonial Americans and people who were trying to get from, like, the West Indies back to, you know, uh, east coast of America. Yeah. And just all these mysterious things. They also found runes and weird mm. temples and mysterious things. Turns out the entire island is actually a spaceship. Because oh. at one point, you and one of the other characters, like, go scuba diving. Oh. And you realize, like, That's the, no island, island. the island's not connected on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually a spaceship that's just floating, and it's responsible for, like, capturing, like, people get shipwrecked on it, and then they hold them, they're, like, cryogenically frozen, or, mm -hmm. like, there's some weird time thing. I can't quite remember, mm -hmm. but I remember having, like, my mind blown about that and, like, the Bermuda Triangle. There is a bit in the book... Fluke, which I did not like, mm -hmm. which is a Christopher something something book. Yeah. I don't remember his last name. I didn't like the book. But there is a bit that, like, you sink, and it's, I don't think it's the Bermuda Triangle specifically, but yeah. you sink, and the people who live down there are part ooze, and the ooze means that you live forever, so, like, the guy bangs what he thinks is his 18-year-old assistant, but really it's the daughter of Amelia Earhart. Yeah. I did not like this book no. for a lot of reasons. That was one of the biggest ones. That was the point in the book where I literally threw the book down and just, like, yelled at it. <laughs> so, anyway, Bermuda anyway, Triangle. Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> so, uh, the third story I've got is a boat called The Spray. Hmm. Like, like, yeah. yeah. The Spray was a boat captained by Joshua Slocum, who is okay. known for his skills on the water. Hmm. He was the first man to complete a solo sailing mission around the world. Oh, good job. There's no evidence that he was actually in the Bermuda Triangle when he disappeared en route from the Caribbean to Venezuela in 1909, but a lot of theories have been said that there's no other way he could have lost control of his boat. Hmm. He was declared legally dead in 1924, so he'd been missing for, like, close to 20 years at that point. Yeah. The Star Tiger and Star Ariel are two aircrafts that disappeared just about a year apart from each other. Spooky. The Tiger disappeared with 29 people on board on January 30th, 1948, hmm. and the Ariel disappeared with 20 people on board on January 17th, 1949. Hmm. Neither plane gave a distress call of any sort. Again, don't like it. Right. Wreckage of a plane owned by the same company as the Tiger and the Ariel turned up in the Andes in 1998. The plane had disappeared in 1947, so hmm. it's a little... So, like, 51 years later right. is when they finally find some yeah. luggage. But nothing has been found specifically of those planes. They found uh, they found wreckages that, of, a plane? of a plane, but not specifically those planes. Okay, so it's not like it said 
Tiger yeah. Lily. Or right. Lily yeah. Whatever. Okay. It was, yeah. The HM, uh, HMS Atlanta. Too close um, to Atlantis. Right. A I'm crew of 281 people died when this 26-gun frigate went missing after leaving Bermuda for Falmouth, England, in 1880. Hmm. Its sis- sister ship, the HMS Eurydice? 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 Yes, that's Greek, isn't it? I think so. Eurydice. Sank near the Isle of Wight <laughs> just two years before, killing 317. So these actually two the sister... Isle of Wigget? Wigget? I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> that seems um, dumb, So, yeah, okay. two sister ships that, you know, are just doomed, basically. Great. The SS Cotopaxi. Mm-hmm. In December of 1925, it was headed for Havana from Charleston, South Carolina, when uh-huh. it disappeared. The ship's captain radioed shortly before it was lost and said there was water in the hold, so there seems to be little doubt that she probably sank, along with all 32 crew members. Mm. But it hasn't been stopped, like, hasn't stopped people from adding that to, like, the list of, yeah. you know, Bermuda Triangle well, mysteries. They, they didn't find the ship, so right. who knows if she took on water from the regular way or from a supernatural way. Then, there's one that, a word in this title reminds me of your fart story. Yay! <laughs> I have more farts coming, the- so hold on. <laughs> I realize how that sounds. Me too. <laughs> God help us. Collaborate with us. <laughs> we'll make fart jokes at you. It'll be really fun. It'll be great. We'll all get to know each other real well, real fast. <laughs> so the SS Marine Sulfur Queen. Yay! <laughs> that's, Farts. that's my nickname. It is. The Marine Sulfur Queen. When we're not calling you Momo the fart monster. Exactly. They all have, it's variations on a Potato, theme. Potato, potato. The Mary, the Marine Sulphur Queen was a T2 tanker carrying sulfur. sulfur. Yep. Shocking. It was going from Beaumont, Texas to Norfolk, Virginia. Hey! hey. But never made it. Hmm. A completely normal radio message was sent from the tanker on February 4th, 1963, and by February 6th, the report ship was reported as missing. Hmm. A total of 39 crew members were lost, hmm. and maybe this ship, sister ship is a bad idea because the Marine Sulphur Queen sister ship, the SS Sylvia L. Osa, mm-hmm. went down east of Bermuda in 1976. We gotta stop having sister ships right? to ships that go down. All that was ever found was some debris in an empty lifeboat. So, hmm. yeah, no more sister ships, and if you ever... Debris in an empty lifeboat. Right. But hmm. not people. Right. Or bones. Right. Hmm. Then, the, number hmm. eight, the Carol A. Deering. Hmm. The idea is that maybe this ship was doomed from the start, oh. because the captain oh, got Deering. sick. <laughs> <laughs> the captain got sick and had to abandon ship at a port in Delaware. This was apparently considered so- a bad omen. I know, <laughs> I Delaware like- is nowhere near Bermuda. <laughs> also, like, he was in a port, so he probably just, like, physically got off the ship, but I, I just, like, imagine it as, abandon ship, and he, like, he's, like <laughs> jumped off. too hard, and he just jumps into the ocean from pooping too much. Oh, God. <laughs> So, like, it's already a bad omen, like, your yeah. captain gets sick, right? Yeah. So, it managed to get all the way to Rio. Okay. And deliver De the ship. Janeiro De Janeiro. Or De Nope. Okay. The Rio. <laughs> and the ship started to turn home and stopped in Barbados for supplies. After this, it was sighted near North Carolina, and it was noted that the crew was acting strange. Ooh, strange in what way? I don't know. It just, it just says, says strange. strange. Like, they were aliens, or, like, they all had whatever know, the captain but had? but it wasn't seen again until its wreckage washed up off the coast of Cape Hatteras. Spooky. The ship's log, navigation equipment, the crew's personal stuff, and the lifeboats were all gone. Weird. Yeah. 
Number nine, the SS Hewitt was lost in 1921 when mm-hmm. she sailed from Sabine, Texas, bound for Portland, Maine. Hmm. The captain made a regular radio call on January 25th and was and never heard from again. Lament. The last sighting is about 250 miles north of Jupiter Inlet, Florida. Not a tra- trace of wreckage has ever been found, even as, after a pretty extensive search along the route it was supposed to be traveling. Hmm. I feel like a lot of these things happen in the winter. Hmm. Yeah. And then number 10, the Chase Vault. This one doesn't necessarily involve ships or planes. Okay. But just like all the other stories, yeah. it could be true. It could yeah. not be true. Like, who who really knows? Who even knows? The Chase Vault is a burial vault in Barbados where weird things kept happening in the early 19th century. Yeah. Every time the vault was opened, all the coffins had moved. Ooh. I know. So that's not necessarily good. Like, like a Bermuda Triangle story, but just like another spooky... Like moved beyond like the regular like moving of the ship, I'm assuming? No, no, this is like a, just a vault, like a burial oh. vault. Oh. Like, like on an island oh. in the Bermuda Triangle. Like, yeah, oh. so... Zombies. Hard pass. Mm, hard pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. Ooh. Hard pass. So, a lot of random disappearances yeah. over the centuries. Yeah. Really, all of the recorded ones were after white people started showing up on the East Coast of America. Well, obviously, because we don't care when it doesn't happen to white people, Sasha. Right. Only white people are worth Only white anything. people have militaries and have logs and, and all important that. Things. Important things to do. Yeah, literally no one else would ever even think of writing things down. So. So, white people. White people. Doing great. So. Disappearing for no reason without a trace. Yeah, in like the spookiest ways. Damn. Poor white people. All right, so Courtney, tell me why they could possibly be <laughs> disappearing because I am spooked. You should be. And this is probably just going to make you laugh and not unspook you. Okay. But it would should hopefully make you laugh. Make I laughed laugh. while writing I laugh. I like laughing. So just to go into a little bit more background about the Bermuda Triangle now that we're in the thick of it, the triangle itself is roughly outlined by Miami, Bermuda, and Puerto Rico. So if you connect those three Mm. things together, you get kind of the triangle shape. And it was first called the Bermuda Triangle in 1964. Okay. It's also sometimes called the Devil's Triangle because there have been a lot of superstitions around it for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. And there is speculation that William Shakespeare's The Tempest is actually based on a Bermuda Triangle shipwreck. Oh, fascinating. So the idea that, you know, there's a big shipwreck and you wash up on this strange and magical shore. Yeah. In the Bermuda Triangle. In the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. So Shakespeare knew what was up. Yeah. He also incorporated a lot of ghosts in a lot of his plays. He did. We should do a Shakespeare episode. We should. Also Poe. I mean, obviously, your problematic... My problematic boyfriend. Yeah. Yep. In total, there's... It's speculated that roughly 75 planes and an unknown number of ships thought to be in the hundreds have actually disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. Mm. But as we were talking about, we genuinely don't know why this region is a death trap. Mm -hmm objectively there isn't really any reason it should be it's not like oh well this is obviously it's not like one of those ones where there's secretly it gets really really shallow really quick and there's coral reef there so Mm -hmm. like all the ships run aground unexpectedly right it's known for having a ton of fog because then we would know and we wouldn't sail that direction yeah yeah we don't know because actually this reminds me of you know there's that ship Mm mm-hmm it wasn't too long ago. A couple years ago, I think it, like, was in a hurricane and then just, like, disappeared and they don't know mm. where it went. I don't remember that. Yeah, I'll, I'll look but it up. That's there was that one, content. that one fisher guy. That, oh, yeah, yeah, Where he and his companion went missing. Yeah. They were just supposed to be gone for, like, two days and they completely went missing. And then he showed up again, like, three years later, Ugh. having just been in the ocean somewhere. 
Ugh, you know. Because mm. the ocean is terrifyingly large. Yeah, I don't like that. Well, good news. One scientist, Carl Kruzelsnicki, claimed in July 2017 that he found the definitive answer for what was going on with the Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. Hmm. He said that there is no reason whatsoever for the Bermuda Triangle to act like this and that there isn't, in fact, a spike in disappearances or crashes in the Bermuda Triangle. So is it that whole thing, correlation doesn't mean causation? Beyond that, even, because he, like, fully mathed it out. Like, he referred to Forbes numbers and stuff, and I got a lot of this from (laughs) Bermuda-attractions.com, so clearly a reputable source, and BigThink.com, where Mm. they do the big thinking. Mm -hmm. According to Carl Cruzel's Nikki. It's a combination of that area is heavily trafficked by both Mm -hmm. planes and sea traffic. And then there tends to be bad weather just wherever you go in the ocean. Right. And just your standard human error. So it's proportional to the number of ships and planes going Mm -hmm. through there. Mm -hmm. So if you scale it with other places that have similar levels of traffic, you have similar levels of disappearances, deaths, sinkings, Mm -hmm. whatever. That's not fun. It's really not because he's a butt. (laughs) So, his theory, you didn't get into it, but I'll Mm -hmm. briefly tell the story of Flight 19. Mm -hmm. So, Flight 19 were, um, I don't remember when it was, but three bombers flew from Florida for a routine mission Mm -hmm. where they were just going to, like, real quick do just, real quick, like, tactical practice whatever over the ocean and then come back in and they disappeared without Mm -hmm. a trace. So, our favorite buzzkill, Carl (laughs) Kruzelsnicki. Was like, here's what the deal with that was. The waves that day were nearly 50 feet high, Mm -hmm. and the only experienced pilot in the lot was the leader. Mm. And the leader showed up hungover, flew off without a watch, and had a history of getting lost and abandoning his plane. He even documented that day that his compass wasn't working properly and that he thought he was flying over the Florida Keys, which he was not doing. Huh. Yeah. So... Thanks to scientist Buzzkill, we now have a really boring explanation. Namely, there is nothing. So let's just go with a bunch of other theories that sound like super funsies and sound super made up. Good. Because those are fun. I like that. I like crackpot ideas. Crackpot's great. So mm-hmm. we're just going to start real crackpot and then get slowly sciencier mm-hmm. with our crackpot theories. But we're going to start the pot is fully cracked. Okay. Theory number one. Charles Berlitz postulated in his 1974 book, The Bermuda Triangle, that the lost city of Atlantis had sunk into the sea in the Bermuda Triangle, and that it now uses its known, quote, crystal energies to sink ships and crash planes. Hmm. According to popular legend, Atlantis was so far ahead of its time because it harvested energy from some sort of unknown but very powerful crystal. And these crystals are hard to control, and they radiate huge amounts of energy, casually known as death rays. This sounds like that Disney movie. Oh, it's... Atlantis. It gets real weird. (laughs) So these death rays can cause navigational systems and other important electrical equipment on planes and ships to malfunction. Mm -hmm. Depending on the severity of the surge, the death ray could even outright destroy vessels. There have been underwater expeditions in this area of the Bermuda Triangle, and some have even found weird structures on the seafloor that kind of look man-made. Mm. And there are theories specifically that we'll get into on when we someday talk about Atlantis, that there's a Bimini road that you'll know you find Atlantis because there's undersea roads mm-hmm. there. So some people are like, oh my god, these are totally the roads! But while they have found weird man-made looking things, they have never found crystals of any kind. Okay. Theory number two, aliens. Aliens! 
So various writers have speculated that the Bermuda Triangle is home to either an underwater alien base or it's just a big stomping ground for alien activity. Good. According to History.com, so actually a semi-legit source, (laughs) when Christopher Columbus first traveled through the area when he was doing his big journey to discover a thing that was already in existence and had people living on it, he reported that he and his crew saw a great flame crashing into the ocean. And the way he described it, most people agree it sounds like a meteor. Mm -hmm. But what's weird is that a few weeks later, he reported a strange light appearing in the same area a few weeks later. Yeah. He also reported strange readings on the compass, which might be because at the time there was a sliver of the Bermuda Triangle where magnetic north and true north actually lined up, which is apparently not really a thing. They're two separate directions. Yeah. But there was, at the time, just a little corner of the triangle where they were the same place. So it would cause your compass to look like it was malfunctioning because magnetic north and true north were the same direction. In Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Spielberg implies that the same aliens from the the story that he's following with the music and the... Yeah. He implies that those aliens were responsible for the disappearance of the bombers of Flight 19. Mm. So those bombers that just vanished yeah. off the coast of Florida. Steven Spielberg says that was aliens, and they were the aliens who communicated via music. And hmm. fun fact, when those planes disappeared, in the official Navy report, it said it was, quote, as if they had flown to Mars. Aliens. Aliens. But genuinely, it's, it's, it's probably more like they were being hyperbolic to explain. We've searched everywhere. There's not even a tiny trace of them. So it is as if they dropped off this planet. Yeah. I doubt the Navy is actually saying they flew to Mars, but I mean, you never know. Conspiracy theorists would argue otherwise. So we're going to start getting a little bit more science-y. Okay. Theory number three. Farts. Farts! My favorite. Just kidding. It's methane gas. Aw, dang. So it's a generally accepted scientific fact that the ocean floor contains a large quantity of methane gas trapped in the various sediments down there. Mm Mm-hmm. So if a lot of that gas were to be released, it wouldn't take very much time for the density of water to be reduced. Right. Just because there's so much now methane in it, methane's lighter than air, and da-da-da-da-da. So that means that in order to float, ships would need to become dramatically, dramatically lighter than they are. Right. Because they're designed for the current density of water. Unfortunately, such a release would instead cause the ships to sink almost immediately. Because Mm -hmm. the water would get Mm -hmm. so not dense that they they just drop. Also, methane gas is super flammable, as anyone who's ever watched a YouTube video of someone lighting their fart on fire knows. Or family barbecues, where yeah. all of the dads get drunk and start lighting their own farts. Yeah. Not saying that that's a thing that happened to my family, <laughs> but we've you all never been know. there. We've all been there. So, because it's super flammable, if a bunch of it were released, it could cause an explosion, and that would cause a plane to crash if all of a sudden the ocean blew up. Hmm. So that's one theory. If all of a sudden the ocean blew up. You know, like the ocean sometimes does. All right, theory number four. More farts. Yes! Air bombs are a weird weather phenomenon in which hexagonal clouds with straight edges form in little pockets over the ocean. Mm. Winds inside these air bombs can get up to 170 miles per hour. So we got up to what, like 50-something? Uh, no, the, the hardest gusts in this area were 70. Yeah. Yeah, but it was like uh, over 60 consistently for yeah. most of Friday. So this is 110 miles Yikes. per hour faster than that. I don't like that. So these pockets of air form really quickly and can be anywhere between 20 and 55 miles across. So this is a giant yeah. thing we're talking about. Shit. 
obviously dramatic winds like this would be too much for any plane that got stuck in them. Right. So that would cause it to almost immediately crash. Mm -hmm. For ships, there is also the danger that with these air bombs, there's the potential for up to 45 foot waves. Oh. Which is too much wave for your standard ship. That is ship. too much wave. It's too much wave. Per BigThink.com, anything caught in one of these air bombs is essentially trapped between air coming down yeah. from the cloud and then bouncing back from the ocean. Okay. So you get the giant waves coming up from the air, coming up from the ocean, and yeah. then you get the crazy winds coming down from the pushing cloud, down, yeah. pushing down. So anything that is in them could be flipped over, knocked out of the air, or sunk. Mm. Some scientists say this phenomenon is unique to the Bermuda Triangle, but others say you get it in different parts in the world. Yeah. But it is a thing that happens. Right. So. Huh. Another thing to think about. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, I mean, sci- you know, scientist Buzzkill, where he was, like, <laughs> you know, talking about, you know, I mathed it out and it's yeah. not any m- more out of the ordinary, but I'm then wondering if, like, what are the other hot spots right. or, like, you know, like, what are you comparing it to and, like, are there, you know... Indian Ocean Triangle. <laughs> right. Or, you know, like, because, I mean, we... Bering we Strait Triangle. Right. This is where you get a lot of ships. Play, yeah, or, you know, the MH370, yeah. yeah, that went, you know, missing all of a sudden. Like, Maybe. did that get hit with an air bomb? Yeah. You know, like, that... Which, it sounds like it would form quickly enough that they wouldn't have time to d- get a distress call out. Right. Because if all of a sudden you're chill and then you're stuck in 170 mile per hour wind, yeah. you don't have time to radio back and be like, oh, shit. Yeah. I still like the idea of that computer game that I played where it was like, yeah, yeah was it's actually one. like an alien spaceship. I like aliens. That makes me feel nice. Yeah. All right, theory number five. Oh, God. Even more farts. Yes. Electric or electronic fog is something that was first postulated by scientist John Hutchinson, and he created this phenomenon in his lab. He speculated that it may or may not be possible in nature. Spoiler alert, personally, I think this is super fake AF in nature, and that it's one of those things that we can only create in a lab, because it requires a very specific convalescence of circumstances right. that I just don't think occurs that often in nature. Yeah. Then again, I'm not a scientist, so I could be wrong. We were English majors. We were. So what electric fog is, other than one of the many theories that sounds like farts, it's a grayish cloud of differing electromagnetic fields that forms above the ocean or any large body of salt water. There is no indication that one is going to form before it does. Mm -hmm. It just appears out of nowhere and would swallow planes and ships whole. Hmm. Theoretically, it would move with the vessel, like something about how they work of these differing electromagnetic fields. They would move along with whatever metal thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And regardless of any evasive maneuvers you take, it would stick with you. Right. So even if you were like, oh shit, this is a bad situation, I'm going to get out of it, it would be like, "Uh -uh -uh. (laughs) I'm following you. Uh. First, the electronic fog would cause the electrical systems on board to malfunction. Okay. These issues would spread to any other systems on board until nothing was working properly. Good. This, This is where we start to get where I'm like, this sounds super fake, but that's fine. Yeah. Spatial disorientation and time distortion would begin, making it impossible to see where or when you were. Huh. That's where I'm like, that sounds fake, but that seems fine. Yeah. It's fine. Finally, the vessel could completely disintegrate without a trace. Mm. Most of this theory is based on SOS calls that reference a, quote, strange fog before the ship or plane is never heard from again while they're through the Bermuda Triangle. So they'll just be like, there's a weird fog around. And then that's it. That's all you hear from them. Huh. And then they're just gone. 
So, Bruce Gernon is a veteran pilot, and he's now an author, who believes that the electronic fog is responsible for the Bermuda Triangle's shenanigans. In 1970, Bruce and his father were flying along the Bermuda Triangle Mm -hmm. when they saw a bizarre elliptical cloud forming on the shores of Andros Island. Before they could do anything to evade it, they were in it. Huh. Their plane was completely engulfed and a tunnel formed above, uh, formed around them where they were at about 10,000 feet above sea level. Right. The cloud began forming lines and spiraling counterclockwise around them. Bruce and his father both began to experience the feeling of zero gravity and all their navigational systems stopped working. Miraculously. Yeah, they lived to tell the tale. Yeah, Yeah. obviously he wrote the book, so he's he's not dead. Miraculously, the cloud dissipated almost as suddenly as it came upon them, and they found themselves flying over Miami Beach, which, if you'll recall, is one of the corners of the triangle. But what's weird is that's about 100 miles from where they were when they got into this weird cloud thing. Mm -hmm. But the journey took them half an hour less than it would have if they hadn't been in any kind of weird fog. Uh Uh-huh. So somehow they lost... 30 minutes. minutes. They shaved 30 minutes off their time in the spooky fog that they were in. Hmm. So this is now known as the Hutchinson effect because Hutchinson is the science guy who made it in his lab. He first demonstrated it in 1979, so nine years after uh, Bruce and his dad were in it, Mm -hmm. which kind of lends credence to if they were making it up, they were really good at guessing what a scientist was going to find in nine years. Right. So... Hutchinson showed that electromagnetic fields of different wavelengths would interact with each other in such a way as to cause chaos nearby. Like, wood or metal would rise off the floor and float around, water would swirl in a cup, or objects would just shoot off into the air at very great speed. Hutchinson believed that such a thing could occur in nature, and that it would, and he specifically name-checked this could be what explains the Bermuda Triangle. Hmm. What's interesting is Hutchinson was kind of a dick neighbor. Yeah. In that he was doing these experiments in his house, (laughs) which was not that far from his neighbors. So they complained so much that they were like, shit keeps flying off of our counters, John. (laughs) All of our water splashes everywhere, John. All of the nails are coming out of the floorboards, John. That eventually they like forced him to stop. Amazing. (laughs) Because he was a dick and didn't give anybody a heads up. He'd just do it. That's amazing. He'd just build this contrasting electromagnetic whatevers and just be like, let's see what happens. That's actually really funny. So he's a quality gent. Yeah. So those are the five semi-crackpot theories. And there are a bunch of other ones, including just weird weather patterns, unexpected hurricanes popping Mm -hmm. up, an unusual seafloor, because like I mentioned, they they speculate, oh, this kind of looks man-made. But also, since the seafloor is oddly shaped, it could cause ships to unexpectedly run aground, or planes that use sonar for whatever function to not realize how close they are to sea level, etc., etc. I am a firm non-believer in this. Yeah. And it's funny, because I believe in a lot of things. You do believe in a lot of things. I'm a pretty, like, I would believe there's weird weather patterns in the Bermuda Triangle that cause things to unexpectedly Mm -hmm. crash, and I believe that... They come upon people very suddenly, but I don't think that it's unique to the Bermuda Triangle. I think it's just there's something weird about the way the air and the water interact that it causes something Mm -hmm. that's bad for various vessels. Yeah. And the thing about the, like, man-made structure looking things on the seafloor, in Okinawa, there's one island that has 
has something like that where it looks yeah. like there's a giant like temple or castle or something with like mm-hmm. s- lots of stairs underwater but it's just like a really interesting like natural phenomenon but i think yeah. i'm going to talk about that when we talk about atlantis yeah like just because i mean like when you look at it you're like ooh, because it really does look real yeah, yeah but it's, you want to believe you want to believe it built this yeah sank. but but it really is just like a natural <laughs> yeah sometimes phenomenon. water and sand combined make really weird looking things yeah and it's I mean, not I took geology looking at the way things like you know fracture and whatever yeah. can be very you know man-made, man-made looking man-made looking but sometimes we're mimicking things we see in nature exactly so, so maybe it doesn't look man-made maybe things that are man-made look natural in mother russia no. <laughs> in soviet, soviet russia, russia building look like nature or something to that effect. Or something to that effect. So that is it, I guess, yeah. for the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Next week, we will probably be talking about... Something. Something. I've already forgotten what St. Patrick's Day? St. Patrick's Day, that's Saint right. St. Patrick's Day. So we're um, going to look into some sort of spoop with that, be it specifically Irish mm-hmm. ghosts. I'm going to be... I'm going to need to brush up on my accent so I can do a lot of accent oh, work. Yes. Oh, y'all are in for a treat. <laughs> Why did I say y'all? In the accent I, I was trying to do. I don't know, because we're from Virginia. That just ruined it. Um, anyway. And then I'm going to Disney World. Yeah. So um, for spring break. So if you have heard of creepy Disney things, please let me know. Hit Sasha up. Please. I want to, especially before I go on my trip, because I want to, like, investigate while I'm down there. Yeah, so she can find all the weird shit, like um, how Disney's heart is allegedly buried under Cinderella's castle. Yeah, or what was the thing that I saw on Twitter the other day that was, like, crying in, yeah, in, in March, so people would talk about Disney's Frozen, not mm-hmm. Disney's head is frozen or whatever mm-hmm. and then today Courtney and I were planning ahead of our like our schedule and whatnot mm-hmm. and we decided to go with an aquatic theme we're doing mermaid y'all for the month of May so we got started a little early today but I think today has lent itself to the exploration of mm-hmm. more things in the month of May yeah so the month of May we're going to be looking at mermaids mm-hmm. sea serpents ghost ships the lost city of Atlantis water monsters in movies just all of the things that have to do with being aquatic and mermaids and all that i'll tell my funny dugong story then because i have a funny dugong story from australia um and so if there's anything that you want us to talk about or topics to touch on or if you're like yo you guys haven't talked about this cryptid yet what's wrong with you you know let us know find us spoophour at gmail.com or talk to us on twitter or instagram at spoophour We'd love to hear from you. And thanks for listening for these past six months. Yeah. It's been a fun time. It's been very rewarding. Sometimes it's weird to think that people we don't know are listening to this. So, so hello. thank you thank to you. the people that we don't know who listen. Thank you to the people we do know who listen. Thank you Just for all of your support. Thank you for yeah. supporting us as we spoop it up and spoop ourselves out until Sasha spoops her pants. Oops. Do you like your history haunted? Then you'll love Macabre London a podcast hosted by me, Nikki Drews. Every fortnight, we uncover one of the forgotten stories of London's bloody past and get to the bottom of some more well-known gruesome tales. We've covered witchcraft in the form of the last witch trial held in World War II, found out what it was like to be a hangman in the Victorian times, and even dipped our toe into the paranormal by uncovering what really happened at the infamous Enfield haunting. So if you're interested in learning the gory, spooky and eerie history of the UK's capital city, then check out the show. You can find us on the Apple Podcasts app, Acast and all other podcast providers by searching for Macabre London. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E London.